Hello, and thank you for joining us on It Is Written Canada. Our guest today was once a shy young person who resisted the call of God upon her life. But today, Charlie Blaby is a chaplain and a Bible teacher at a Christian high school, Kingsway College in Oshawa, Ontario. Charlie, thank you so much for joining us today. We are really looking forward to hearing your story. Well, thank you both so much for having me on It Is Written today. So let's go back to your beginnings. Tell us about your childhood and your siblings and your parents. All right. I was born in Kingston, Ontario. That's about two and a half hours east of here. Um, when I was born, there were some complications with the, uh, with the pregnancy towards the end. And um, as a result, they had to r rush me down to the NICU. And uh, so they came to my dad, my mom, uh, due to the drugs, she was fairly out of it. So they came to my dad and they said, we need a name for the baby. And so he, without much thought said, Charlie, her name will be Charlie. And the reason being, uh, when he was 15 years old, his father had, had passed away. And his father's name was Charles or Charlie, as everybody called him. So he had always decided, I will call my firstborn. He was thinking son, Charlie. And so the, um, the spelling of the name was changed when my mom came to. It was made more feminine with, by adding two E's instead of an IE. And um, from that point on, uh, I've always been, been Charlie. That's super cool because I was told that you're, you know, I'm going to meet this chaplain, Charlie. So I'm, I'm expecting a guy. And exactly. then I met you and I thought that was great. That's a great name for, for yes. a girl. It, it's grown on me, you know. <laughs> um, it, it's given some people grief. And, you know, when I worked in a nursing home, they, uh, there were some residents that, you know, were bound, bent, determined that this had to be a male's name and only a male's name. Uh, when I went to high school, they put me in the boys' dorm originally as well. And so these, these were all, you know, clerical errors that are quickly fixed <laughs> later on. I was the oldest of uh, four. So there was myself, then my brother Michael, then Evan, and then a young, younger sister, Jamie. And uh, we all grew up um, out in the country. We spent a lot of time playing in the woods, uh, playing with each other. My mom, she was um, raised an Adventist. Uh, but in her 20s, she walked away from walked away from God, walked away from the religion, and um, it was during this time that she met my dad. Um, my dad had also been raised um, in the United Church, but when his father had passed away, she'd walked away from Christianity. Period. Actually, dabbled more with spiritualism as a result, uh, as a means to I think to try to reconnect with her with her husband. Mm -hmm. And um, so, when my dad and my mom met neither of them were were attending church obviously but uh, my my mom when she became pregnant with me decided that she wanted to uh, reconnect with god because now she was responsible for another person and so she felt like that was her her obligation and so she started reattending church um, my dad though he still wanted nothing to do he said you know if this is what you want then you you do you <laughs> And so she, she would go and occasionally he would join her, but he was still very much into the drinking and partying scene. Several years passed. By now I was about uh, two and a half, three years old uh, when they came back from a wedding one evening. And uh, when he returned, he was covered in blood from having been in a fight and he'd been drinking very heavy, which he did fairly regularly. And 
uh, he woke up the next morning, he was laying on the floor, he was covered in, you know, dried blood and his own vomit at this time. And um, <clears throat> myself and my brother, we were crying, thinking that he was dead. So when he woke up and came to, he determined at that point that that was not the life that he wanted to, to live. And so he, um, he walked away from, from drinking. Um, he didn't, he, he slowly began at that point to go to church. Uh, but it wasn't until I was about nine, after we attended the Net 96 series with Mark Finley, that both myself and my dad decided that we would be baptized. And uh, so we were in March 1st of 1997. That's very special. It was. To be baptized with your dad. Mm -hmm. And how old were you at the time then, Charlie? Uh, so I was uh, nine years old when I was baptized. Okay, when you were baptized. Yeah. Okay. So, Charlie, I believe your mother and your grandmother were real women of prayer, real prayer warriors. Can you tell us how they influenced your life? For sure. The biggest imprint, I would say, on my, my life was... Um, a moment with my grandmother, uh, one that she probably was unaware of, in that there had been a, a conflict of sorts that happened downstairs. Um, at the time, my grandma would have probably been going into uh, the early stages of what we later would learn was Alzheimer's. And so she was forgetting a lot of things and this made people upset. And so something had gone down and there was a lot of yelling. And I remember going upstairs just to see if she was okay. Um, and I found her, as I, I walked to the top of the stairs, she was kneeling by her bed praying. Mm. And that just always really uh, stuck with me that, you know, it, despite whatever anger or hurt she was feeling, that she would turn to God in prayer at that moment. Uh, my mom to this day, she is still very much uh, a woman of prayer as well. She currently runs a greenhouse every spring and into the summer. And she absolutely loves meeting with the, the customers and talking to them and hearing their stories. Uh, but more so, she likes to find out how she can pray for them. Mm -hmm. And so she has lists upon lists uh, where she will go every morning. She has what's known as her prayer room. And she will, you know, spend her, you know, first hour or so praying for all these individuals that she collects um, and prays for. And so knowing um, how much prayer has impacted their lives, it can't help but, but impact mine as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there was a time when, when your mother really needed prayer. Yes, indeed. So it was uh, December of 1996, right after my dad and I had decided to be baptized, actually. And at the church, the church decided that we were going to rent a rink and we were going to go ice skating. And so a lot of uh, the younger families came out and we were all, you know, laced up and skating on the rink. And uh, there was one young guy that, um, you know, he worked out a lot. He had he played hockey all the time. Mm -hmm. And he decided for whatever reason that he would take the net and he would put it towards center ice. And oh. so then he skated back and he was shooting towards center ice. Um, the problem being, of course, that everybody else is skating behind him. And so I remember I was skating uh, over on the side and I looked and I saw a group of people all huddled. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, there's some sort of a weird group hug or something's going on. Mm -hmm. So I skated over and discovered my mom lying in a, a heap on the ice. What had happened was she had been skating with my younger sister, who was about four at the time. And so she was uh, bent over top of my sister, helping her skate. 
um, when the, the, the young man had shot the puck, missed the net, and the puck had hit her uh, just, just above the temple. And so, of course, she was rushed to the hospital right away. And when she arrived there, um, number one, they, they said, had it been just a little bit lower, she would have been killed instantly. But as a result, they said, you know, you, you're more than likely going to suffer from seizure or a number of different things that could happen as a result. Uh, she was very sick. She spent a while in hospital and was finally allowed to go home. And uh, there were certainly a lot of prayers. Uh, both my grandparents, her parents, were um, both individuals that prayed for everybody. And um, as a result of this, um, she was, was healed. To this day, she uh, does suffer some dizzy spells, but everything that they told her could potentially and would more than likely happen um, has not. And so we are just very thankful to God for that, you know, his leading through that situation. And so as a result, she was able to attend, um, you know, when my dad and I were both baptized in March. Wow. It's really answered everyone's prayers because there was probably, like you said, a lot of people praying for her. Yes. And um, God pulled through with another, mm. with a miracle. Yes. It was a miracle. Wow. So there's, this is a beautiful story and it's really all about Jesus. So we're going to pause for a moment and listen to Miranda and Megan and Nick and Ryan singing a song, Fairest Lord Jesus.
friends, it really is all about Jesus. Those words, fairest Lord Jesus, ruler of all nature, Lord of all the nations, son of God and son of man. We've been talking to Charlie Blaby, a chaplain and a Bible teacher at a Christian high school, Kingsway College in Oshawa, Ontario. And she's been sharing with us how through miracles and answers to prayer, God was influencing her life. So Charlie, we want you to continue, but not just, I know that God worked miracles in your mother's life and mm -hmm. in yours. What about in your father's life? All right. Well, both my parents were hardworking. Uh, my mom, she um, stayed home to raise us. And my dad, he was a workaholic, of which I would, you know, definitely identify with. You inherited. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but when I was about 15 years old, uh, dad started to slow down a bit. Uh, he was constantly in the bathroom. Uh, he was having a lot of problems. And when he would go to see the doctor, she would tell him it was nothing. And uh, this went on for several months. Uh, finally, in the spring, she said, okay, I will, I'll send you for some, some, for some testing. And um, when he went, they discovered that he was full of uh, cancer in his colon. And uh, when they looked further, they, and they met with him, they said, you have stage four colon cancer. And uh, he was given six months to live. So they said, do you want to do radiation, um, chemo? We're going to do surgery, but we need to act on this quickly because you're full-blown cancer. And uh, dad said, no, I don't want the radiation. I don't want the chemo. We'll do the surgery. And then from there, what happens, happens. The weekend before the surgery, uh, there was a couple that had come to the church and their whole talk was on prayer and the way that prayer really can change things and the way that God really does work through prayer. And so as they were, they were talking, um, they heard about my dad's situation and they called him forward and they said, we wanna pray for you. And so everybody came and they all uh, prayed over him, laid hands on him and prayed over him. So when he went in for the surgery later that week, they opened him up and they were astounded at what they found. Um, so when they met with dad after, he said, give it to me straight doc, I wanna know, you know, were you able to get it all? And he said, you know, Ted, we opened you up and the cancer that had spread through the walls of the colon was all neatly wrapped in a ball. And we were able to remove uh, all of it. They had to remove part of his, um, part of his colon uh, as well, but uh, just to be safe. But they were able to take it all. And he said, you know, uh, he said, I don't believe in anything, but he said, Ted, whatever you believe in, it's working. So keep believing in it. Oh, uh, every time he goes back for checkups with this surgeon, uh, the surgeon always says, "You're you're my miracle patient," uh, just because of the the impact of you know just finding this cancer that had spread, just being wrapped in that little ball. Yeah. Mm -hmm. God healed your dad. Indeed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what a powerful witness, too, mm -hmm. to the doctors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, when they opened him up and it went from so much to basically nothing, yes. right, comparatively. So, mm -hmm. so um, Charlie, God really did perform beautiful miracles mm -hmm. for your mom and for your dad. Yes. So did this change your attitude towards God? You would think that it would. Uh, when my mom was healed, obviously, yes, I was at a place where I was preaching to the trees, uh, writing sermons, preaching to dolls, whatever. I never wanted to be a pastor, um, but I enjoyed, I enjoyed the Bible. 
by the time I reached my teenage years uh, and my dad, he went through his, uh, his surgery, I, I was angry with God. Despite all of it, I was angry with God. Um, I wanted nothing to do with him for a good portion as well. And I went away to uh, high school and it was through meeting a friend actually that was very, uh, very devout, very, God was everything to her, um, that I slowly started to, to come back to him. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So where did the ministry come in for you? Because <laughs> you, you eventually became a minister. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was not something I wanted to get into. Um, but when I was uh, 19 years old, I had heard a, um, a sermon preached by a pastor, Pastor David Asherick, um, from the institute known as Arise. And he was talking about door-to-door -door ministry. So going door-to-door, -door, praying with people, offering Bible studies. And I decided that that was something that maybe I could do. I mean, I, I didn't necessarily want to talk to people, but I wanted to do something. And so um, myself and a number of the youth from the church, we decided that we would do this um, one summer. And so we would go door to door on Sabbath afternoons. And so it started with those little things. And then um, when I went away to university, uh, I, I had originally signed up to take chemistry. and just something didn't feel right. And I hate to attribute something to a feeling, but it just, something wasn't sitting well. And so one Friday night, I spent a lot of time just praying and saying, okay, God, I'm, I'm ready to surrender to whatever you have. What should I do? Where do you want my life to go? And the, the answer kept coming back. You need to take religious studies. You need to take religious studies. And I was arguing with God. I do not want to be a pastor. I do not want to do that. And um, so I switched my major. And I absolutely loved what I was studying. I loved what I was learning. Uh, the problem was though at the time I was working around 40 hours at uh, Subway down the road uh, to pay for school. And I was trying to go to school full time. So by the end of that year, I said to God, I said, if this is something that I'm to continue doing, I need a different job. I need a job where I can you know, perhaps study as well. And so that's when I really met uh, Dean Shannon, as we called her, out at the university. She approached me one day and she said, uh, Charlie, I have a job working desk that you know, I would love to give to you um, if you'd be willing to take it for next school year. It wasn't until a couple of years later that I found out that she admitted, she said, I never did that. I, I never just offered people those jobs. They had to apply. Um, she's like, something just spoke to me. And uh, she actually, she passed away last year, a wonderful woman and uh, very powerful in, in her prayer life as well. And so it was just interesting to see how God was using these different people to uh, begin to point me in the direction that he wanted me to go. So he really didn't want to go into the ministry. <laughs> no. God provided a door and opened that door for you. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. So tell us, how did you meet your husband, Eric? All right, so it was actually through the exact same lady. Um, it was my third year of university and she called me into her office and she said, I have a nephew that I really think that you should meet. And I said, I'm not interested, but thank you so much. So about a week went by and she called me back in and she said, um, you know, I have a nephew and I really think that you should meet him. And uh, again, I said, I'm not interested, but thank you. And she said, let me show you some pictures. And so she showed me some pictures and I said, thank you, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. And um, 
so again, she called me back. It was about a week later. And she <laughs> said, I have a nephew. Why don't you just add him on uh, Facebook? Facebook was fairly new. And so I did. And we began to talk. And I noticed that there was something very different about him. He was very, uh, his, his outlook on God, his outlook on life was very positive and very refreshing. And so, I mean, what can I say? One thing led to another and <laughs> we met and, uh, you know, here we are. So you got married, you had children, then the ministry was completely off the table now. I figured so, yes. I had worked at a nursing home for a couple of years after we first got married. Um, but now we'd moved to Ontario. Um, I'd had my first child and I basically told God, okay, I get it. You just wanted me to do that. And now I'm done. I can retire, so to speak. I'll do something different. And then um, I began receiving phone calls asking me if I would preach at different churches on Sabbath. And so every Sabbath we would visit a different church and I would speak. And um, again, during that time I was praying and saying, okay, God, what, what more do you want me to do? What more can I do? Um, again, thinking outside of the ministry spectrum. And uh, so I, I started the greenhouse that my parents now um, own and operate as a means to uh, do two things. Number one, uh, reach the community because uh, it's, it's been a great testament to, you know, the Sabbath and uh, has opened up a lot of doors for talking with people about prayer and about God. So just you're open there mm -hmm. when you opened it up, yep. you said you're going to open six days a week, but on Saturday, yes. which is tends to be for a greenhouse, a very busy day? day, the busiest mm -hmm. day. Yep. And you're saying, we're not going to, we're not going to open. Gonna close. Yeah. And you guys kept it going. We did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was it was certainly difficult that first Sabbath watching cars come in and then Sunday came and absolutely nobody was there. Oh. And so, you know, watching just the way that God provided enough just to keep it going year after year mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> was really neat to see. So now you in this greenhouse ministry, yes. you're doing, you're running a greenhouse now. And mm -hmm. so you're thinking, okay, that's, that's it. Mm -hmm. No, no ministry. That's, that door is yeah. closed, but... But I received a call um, <clears throat> from the pastor in Belleville at the time asking if I would work as a Bible worker for them. And so it was a one-year contract and I did that. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the end of the year, I remember leaving, it was February and um, I, I, by this time I'd had my second child. And I, I said, you know, okay, again, I, look, God, I don't know what the next step is for mm -hmm. my life, but I leave it in your hands entirely. And uh, a month later, I was called by the Ontario Conference and asked if I would um, pastor the church at Kendalwood um, mm -hmm. in Whitby. And so I went there for a year and a half. And uh, now here I am at Kingsway. So it's been, it's been really cool to see how God has led mm -hmm. and worked in all of these different areas to bring me to this point. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so you're really active in ministry. How does that affect your family? How does it affect Eric? Honestly, I couldn't do anything uh, without Eric. Um, the so girls. He's a, he's a heavy duty mechanic. He is a heavy duty mechanic, yes. Is he an upfront person with you? He's preaching with you? Oh, absolutely not. No, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no Eric is the type of guy that uh, he says that he likes to serve God from behind the scenes. So yeah. he prefers to, he'll fix someone's car or he will uh, watch the kids. Um, but that's, he's, he's content and he's happy doing that, which mm -hmm. he, like I said, I couldn't do anything, especially working at uh, Kingsway is a very busy uh, environment. And so knowing that he's he's there and he's very active in the sense that he's supportive in whatever way he can be. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, the greatest miracle of all is to see 
your life and the way God worked in your life mm -hmm. to see a life that is changed, you know, by the work of Jesus. Yep. And uh, beautiful, thank you very much for sharing that with us. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wonder, as we close off, if you could close with a word of prayer for us. Absolutely. Father in heaven, I just want to thank you for this time that we were able to take to reflect back over the years. And Lord, just to see, number one, the, the influence that prayer has on our lives, the way that it can heal, the way that you can work through it to reach people. And uh, Lord, I just thank you also for the way that you lead and guide in each and every one of our lives to bring us to uh, the place where you, you can work through us. And so, Lord, I just want to pray that you would continue to, um, to be with um, Mike and Renee as they continue to lead in this ministry. And uh, just be with all of the, uh, the viewers, Lord, that are watching. Lord, work and lead and guide in their lives in a mighty and powerful way. Make yourself known. I pray and I ask this in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you very much, Charlie. Thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. Your story was so inspirational to us. And uh, we just thank you for coming and sharing. Thank you so much again for having me. Friends, our free offer for you today is 13 Life-Changing Secrets. This powerful book is filled with stories that will really move you. Stories about people longing for something better and finding it. So here is the information you will need to receive today's free offer. 13 Life-Changing Secrets. To request today's offer, just log on to www.itiswrittencanada.ca. If you prefer, you may call toll-free at 1-888-CALL-IIW. Or if you wish, you may write to us at It Is Written, Box 2010, Oshawa, Ontario, L1H7V4. And before you go, we wish to pray for you. If you would like to send us your personal prayer requests, the information for how to contact us is on the screen right now. Tell us your request and we will pray for you personally. And we would also like to invite you to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel and also listen to our podcasts. And if you go to our website, you can see our latest programs, including our exercise workouts called Experiencing Life and our short spiritual messages entitled Daily Living. They are all there free for you to watch whenever you choose because we want you to get to know the Lord as your personal friend and savior through reading the Bible so that you can experience the truth that is found in the words of Jesus when he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca or you can go to our IIW Canada YouTube channel and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.